hello and welcome to another instalment in our series of interviews to shine a light on the New Zealand men's domestic circuit. No surprises here, but Lippy's got his little black book out. It's another Rickerton Cricket Club connection as we're joined by Canterbury captain and New Zealand A all-rounder Cole McConkey. Cole, welcome to the Top Order podcast. Yeah, thanks a lot for having us, guys. Looking forward to it. Yeah, so look, let's kick things off with your pre-season. No doubt been a little bit disjointed with covid around what's it look like for you guys have you managed to get much practice in yet um yeah we've actually um we've actually had a really good pre-season um down here we're, it's a little bit of a different one we haven't had anyone away playing over in the uk or um any of the black caps boys going over on county since everyone's been here and we've sort of had a you know a good few months training here together at christchurch out at lincoln so um We've seen a lot of each other already, um, so I think we're just looking forward to getting some cricket now. And Cole, uh, we sort of usually like to kind of go through the ins and outs of the the squad, and usually that's focused on the playing group. But but obviously this year, one of the big ins, I guess, is is Peter Fulton returning to to Canterbury to to be you guys' coach. Is it kind of weird for you personally that he's come back because you were, he would have been your captain when you were sort of starting out your Canterbury career. Yeah, he certainly was. He um, yeah, he he captained my first few years on the side, and um, no, it's it's really good having Fultz back in um, in and around the squad. He's been fantastic joining back up with us. Um, obviously, brings a wealth of knowledge um, from the international game, but also his time here in Canterbury. And I think you know he just holds Canterbury and Canterbury cricket in such high esteem. So he's really keen to um, you know make a good impression and. Um, go about things really well. So it's sort of exciting times having him back on board. And does he do much throwing with one of those dog sticks? Because I, I reckon that must be pretty scary if he's coming from two metres plus the old dog stick. <laughs> it was it was bloody interesting in the Lincoln Indoor. <laughs> those, those are bouncy enough as they are. So he was definitely producing a bit of bounce and wrapping a few boys on the gloves. So I think we're pretty happy to get out on grass now. <laughs> only, only the gloves. So, yeah. look, look, I guess we want to look a little bit at your playing group. So, really good addition in our view anyway. We were talking about this last week with um, ND's Dean Brownie, but Daryl Mitchell joining you from ND. Uh, Andrew Ellis retired. What else is on that sort of ins and outs list and anything that's not been announced yet that you can give us as a quick exclusive? Yeah, certainly. I mean, yeah, just to start with, I mean, Daryl's been a fantastic addition already. I mean, he's just a performer in all three formats and all three facets of the game, um, a real competitor, and he's already shown that already down here. Um, so it's outstanding to have him um, in our squad. Um, we've got a couple of other additions with um, uh, young batsman Tyler Lawton joining the contracted squad this year. Um, he were, He's a South African-born batsman, um, and he's been over here playing in the um, in Canterbury A-side for a couple of years, and with some really big performances. So he started off the uh, pre-season really well um, and looks at, you know, a bloody good player. And then we've got uh, Sean Davey. Sean Davey came down. He was contracted at Northern Districts two years ago um, and then came down and played club cricket and Canterbury A cricket for um, down here last season and managed to get a debut for the um, 2020 side and through some, you know, really consistent and big performances. So, they're our additions. Um, Daryl obviously head, headlines them, but um, a couple of other really handy additions with Tyler and Sean. So quite a lot of unheralded, unheralded or new names for the casual New Zealand fan. 
Can you give us yeah. one or two that maybe uh, a general Black Caps fan hasn't heard of and should start taking notice of? Um, yeah, well, I think we've got, um, you know, we've got some really exciting um, underage prospects coming through. And I think one person to really look out for, and he might get an opportunity this year, um, but if it's not this year, I'm sure he'll be round in the years to come. And that's um, Reese uh, Myru. He played NZ under-19s um, in the World Cup last year. And he's a young opening batsman, a little bit of a dasher, and he bowls some really good legs. Um, we actually had a um, town country game today out at Main Power, and he bowls some really good leggies. Todd Astle liked what he was about, so he's uh, I'm sure Toddy will be in his ear in the net <laughs> over, the, um, over the coming months. So he, he's a really exciting prospect for us, and I'm sure over the next couple of years he'll just grow and grow, and he's a quality kid as well. So it's awesome to have him in, um, in the squad. Oh, you've made my day, Cole, with young leg spinners coming onto the scene. I love to hear that. I mean, I'm sure you start out every season wanting to win all three formats and, and win the comp in, in every grade, but have you guys set yourselves any specific goals for the season ahead? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you've knocked the nail on the head there, cliche answer, you know, win all three formats. Um, but I think, I think a big thing for us this year is, just that consistency piece. I think, you know, we had some really big performances last year and um, won some really big moments. And I think it's just about stringing them together, um, you know, back to back, day on day and week on week because it's a bloody long season when you add in, you know, the three formats. You've got 30 games throughout the season. And I think you you can get into a little bit of a, um, almost, you know, just that day to day ticking on over. Whereas I think, you know, that consistency piece is key. I think we saw Wellington last year do it. They played some really good, consistent cricket. Um, and that gets you there at the business end of the season. So I think, you know, that that's key for us this year, just put, stringing together the performances back-to-back. And um, I'm sure we'll be there um, come trophy time at the end of the season. And with all those young guys you've talked about, and and sounds like you've got some exciting cricketers down there, do guys like Daryl Mitchell, uh, Todd Astle, yourself, and, and Peter Fulton, that kind of experienced core group of cricketers, did they form the key to you in terms of achieving that consistency? Because you'd have to expect those young guys to sort of come and go a bit as the season goes on. Yeah, yeah, I certainly, certainly agree with that. I think, you know, the senior players certainly lead that. Um, you know, it, it's tough for a young guy to come in and have those consistent performances straight away this level and I think you know we're really blessed down here in Canterbury with three quality black caps with Matt Henry, Tom Latham and Henry Nichols and you know we've got the potential to see them a little bit this season with the way that the season's formatted and they've been huge this pre-season the amount of knowledge that they've put into the young guys and you know they're pushing them to improve every day and you know they're extremely hard workers in their own right so that that's you know they can't not rub off on others. They're, they sort of lead by example and take people with them. Cole, before we get on to letting you and Lippy reminisce a little bit about Rickerton and, you know, what it's like to play at Hagley and all those kind of things, we do want to get a little bit of a sense with some quick fire questions as to what's going on behind the scenes. Cause I guess as club cricketers all around this table, we, you know, we all know about that kind of pre-season, the seamer that bowls off 18 yards in the indoor school, the guy with the smell, yeah. the guy with the smelliest kit, you know, not got it out of the loft until the start of the season. So we want to know yeah. some of the dirt on the team, but first and foremost, let's start with the bowlers. Um, who's the yeah. bowler that's everyone's scared to drop a catch off? 
Um, uh, it's Todd Astle, certainly Todd Astle. He's <laughs> not a, a spray, and he's an old fella that's been around for a bit, and I think his sprays are getting more and more, so he's certainly one. An angry seamer in a spinner's body. And, yes. And who, who's who's the bowler who bowls off 18 yards in, in the nets and just kind of peppers you and then, you know, 70 mile an hour when it gets outdoors? Uh, I'd love to say it was 70 miles an hour, but it's definitely Andrew Hazeldean. He, he's 50 kgs dripping wet and he comes in and bowls mid-140s off bloody 18 yards. It's not too much. <laughs> And we talked a little bit about Todd Astle, but anyone enjoy getting a wicket more than him in your squad? Um, oh, we've got a few part-timers that certainly celebrate a wicket pretty hard, to, even regardless on the game situation. So I'd say there's a few part-time um, bowlers out there that celebrate harder than him. And who's your guy in your batting group that's looking a million dollars in the nets at the moment? Oh, I have to have to be Ken McClure. He started off the preseason with a real hiss and a roar, and he he's going great guns. And what about that guy who you need to kind of avoid for a few hours after they get out? Do you have to kind of clear the sheds and make sure you you're sparse if you if you see him trudge off after a low score? Well, I hate to say it again, but it's Todd Astor as well. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, yeah, there's been some great blow ups over the years, and he's um he certainly leads the way with that. Oh, that's all right. We kind of we had we've had Toddy on here. We know uh, we he talked about his competitive attitude, so so that's all good. Who's who's the yep. best person to sit next to while you're waiting to bat? Um, I'll probably say Jack Boyle. Just keeps me laughing, keeps me smiling. He's a he's a funny bugger. Just keeps you composed. And is it and is he the same out in the field? Who's kind of the one that keeps everyone together during a long day? Yeah, I'd say him as well. He's he's certainly the heartbeat of the changing room. He's um he's a real character, and last couple of years he's certainly grown into his um, jokes a little bit more and feels a bit more free to say them and to the opposition, which is quite nice. <laughs> Good, nice. What about what about getting into the weights room? Is there is there anyone who spends more time in there than Cam Fletcher? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> that's the answer we were expecting. He, yeah, he played at Bays with us, so uh, yeah, we were kind of at the start of that revolution where he we went from uh, a very, very small little man to this uh, this giant now. The Hulk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he certainly. Um, well, I don't know if he spends more time in the gym now or in front of the mirror, but they're pretty close. <laughs> Maybe a gym with a mirror. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to know about pre-match rituals. Who's got who's got unique stuff there? Um, pre-match rituals. Um, I don't. I don't think anyone's got anything too funky. I'd say Tom Latham's the most diligent with his two flat whites, two eggs on two pieces of toast each morning. So he's um he's he's very diligent with that. But I, I don't think anyone's got anything too funky. Well, not that I know of yet. And what's your favourite ground to play away at? Um, I'd say the Basin Reserve. You know the character there and. You know, a big sort of proper cricket ground, and I think the history and and the ground itself is just awesome to play at. And now, obviously, in in COVID times, who who is the sweetiest teammate, the uh, designated ball shiner now? Um, well, it would have been Todd because he had his clammy hands, but um, in Red Bull cricket, it's going to be Ken McClure. He's he'll be in the slips court, and then he's um he's a sweaty little bugger as well, so he'll be. He'll be wiping as much as that as he can on the ball. <laughs> and who's the biggest gear, Nuffy? Who's got the biggest delivery this year and's going through their bats and numbering all their gloves? 
Oh, yeah, I hate to say it, but it's Matt Henry. He's, um, for a pace bowler, he gets all the gear and he loves to, you know, pick up everyone's bats. But, you know, I've never seen him play a proper cricket shot um, before. <laughs> Do the top order bats allow him to touch their gear if he's a bowler? Oh, well, even if you didn't, he'd still be in there. Oh, fair <laughs> he finds a way, he just floats around the changing rooms and, like, just manages all of a sudden he's there in your spot picking up your gear and, um, he never says anything as good as his as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll finish with two um, two more light-hearted ones. Um, what's the best night out on the circuit? Where'd you uh, play the rain card? Well, Queenstown it comes up once in the blue moon. So um, apart from Queenstown, it would have to be Auckland and Danny Doolan's. <laughs> oh, dear. oh dear there's, there's, yes there's a few Aucklanders wincing at that but yeah we've we've all been there and and I guess you guys know each other so well so we don't think we'll necessarily get much change out of this question as we ask the six domestic skippers but what's the best sledge you've heard in domestic cricket has there been anything that's really funny on the field um oh one thing that was quite funny that popped up a couple of years ago it was um I think uh, one of the Wellington boys um, was going out to bat, opening batter, um, Fraser Colson, I think it was, and we had Hamish Bennett playing here for us to Canterbury, and he had snicked off early in the, um, snicked off for nothing in the first dig, and when we came out to bowl in the third innings, all I saw, and it wasn't even a verbal sledge, he'd just left um, the fruit appear on the boundary. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Oh, it's a pain. Um, and he, he, no one even had to say anything, and he went out there bloody trembling. And funny thing, I think he snicked off as well and got <laughs> got. I didn't see if he picked it up on the way off, but it was just brilliant. Oh, fantastic! Oh, that's awesome. Um, look, Cole. I mean, um, Binksy's already foreshadowed it, but um, I, I do have to ask, what's it like to play at Hagley for Canary? I mean, it must be incredibly inspiring just to look over at the Mighty Ricks club rooms and. Just kind of think about all the greats that have came before you at, at that club rooms, but um, I mean, it's been such a. I remember when it first kind of came in that that ground that they were going to make turn it into that international ground, and and there was kind of a lot of conjecture, but it seems like it's just been amazing now, and it's it's really an awesome venue to play at. Yeah, it is. It is incredible. Like we're so lucky to have that as a home ground for Canterbury, and you know the international games that they play there. And I'll, I'd be lying if I say if I said I wasn't a little bit split when the idea came came through when you know Rickerton and the memories playing out on Hagley Hagley three for Rickerton there and the the four grounds um, you know around Hagley Oval, but I think you know now with its place in Canterbury cricket and even you know over the last century at Hagley it's it's really special to play there. Um, you know, I'm a little bit biased, but I think it's the best ground in the country. And with the lights coming in um, at the moment, it's just going to be, you know, a real, a real, I suppose, advantage for the city and a real um, place of pride for Canterbury and New Zealand cricket. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm certainly hoping that one day I'll get an invite out there to to play in some sort of cricket and memorial game or something. But um... Moving on to, you were out there um, when Leo Carter hit that six sixes off and over. It's obviously something that just doesn't happen very often, you know, in all levels of cricket. Did you guys start to think kind of, I don't know, four sixes in or something, maybe he can do this? Yeah, yeah, certainly did. Well, we were bloody chasing about 220 in a 
and a 2020 match. So he hit the first one um, and he, he got Devi away, which was good. And then he hit the second one and he come on down to me and he said, what do you reckon here, mate? And I said, well, we still need 14 and over. So I think <laughs> you keep on. Yeah. Um, and he, and he, you know, he got the next one and got the, got the next one. And I think, uh, I think his words were after the fourth one, you know, could be on here. Nice. And, you could see you could see Devi was obviously under the pump, um, and he just just kept on going and some incredible hitting there. And you know it was a great day for Leo and you know great day for him to get us over the line there and in such a big match that we needed. And does does was he just absolutely fizzing when he did hit that six six? Because on the footage he looked quite calm and composed, but I feel like if I'd done something like that, I'd be just fist pumping and, and pretty excited. Yeah, yeah, he was a bit more composed than what I thought he was going to be. I mean, shit, that's such a such a special moment and mm. something that doesn't happen too often. I think you know the emotion came out after the game for him. Um, you know, hitting, hitting those winning runs and getting us over the line, and then I think looking back and thinking, shit, I actually did hit six sixes, and mm. I think you know it was it was celebrated well that night. And um, and I guess just for you personally to finish up, you've you've had a few solid seasons now. You're involved in the the New Zealand A side against India last year. What was that experience like? And I guess you know how does it kind of push on to to what you're looking for yourself this year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was you know fantastic to be involved in that in the one day series and the four day series. So um, and it was it was you know a little bit more of an eye-opener for me in terms of that next step towards international cricket. And I think, you know, with that, the Indian A side were a quality side. And I think, you know, you start to put the pieces together in your game, how you need to, um, what you need to add or what you need to continue to succeed at that sort of level. So it was a, you know, it was a great opportunity to be a part of that. And I think, you know, it just sort of um, really identifies what you need to take forward um, to make that next step up that I'm sure a lot of cricketers around the country are um, looking to do this season. Oh, that's awesome, Cole. I mean, yeah, best, best of luck with that and, and obviously best of luck to the to the Canterbury boys as you guys head into the season. Um, we'll, we'll leave it there, but thanks thanks very much for, for your time. We really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing all those uh, inside details about the squad. Yeah, no, thank you very much and thanks a lot for having us. Do appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to the Top Order podcast. Before you disappear from our feed, if you're a new listener, please do go and check out the back catalogue. We've spoken recently to New Zealand coach Gary Stead. We've got Graham Thorpe. We've got Shane Dietz. We've got Barry Richards, Shane Bond, Colin Miller, all in the back catalogue. You can find the details www.thetoporderpodcast.com with the Top Order podcast on Instagram, although we're still really figuring that out. We're at Top Order Pod on Facebook and Twitter, so don't be shy to jump on. Give our tweets a share or a retweet, and we'll see you next week.